Chapter 9 of The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun by Cattell Menendez. Translated by Thomas Jari Vivan. Read by Carla Patton. Chapter 9 The Money Box. Once upon a time, there was a poor beggar girl named Jocelyn. She begged upon a road along which no one passed, so that no elms ever fell into the small, thin hand which grew tired from being held out so long. Now and then, the leaves of some fading flower were strewn upon her from a branch shaken by the wind, and occasionally, too, a swallow fluttering by on noiseless wings gave her a little chirp but these offerings the only ones she received were not of the sort which we need to buy things to eat and drink or for clothes to wear as jocelyn well knew to her sorrow her lot was indeed a hard one she was born she did not know where or when her first recollection being that of awakening one sunny morning under a bush by the roadside her life had never been like that of other young girls, who each winter's evening returned to the cheerful cottage around which was the smell of a good meal being cooked, who held up their foreheads at night for a kiss from father and mother, and who then slept in a warm bed facing the fire, which soon blinked and went to sleep also. What Jocelyn had to do each evening, as soon as the dark came on, was to clamber into some big elm or oak tree and sleep upon a branch near the squirrels, who knew her so well that they leaped about her arms, shoulders, and head and played with their little paws in her tangled hair, which was the color of gold, and was so bright that it gleamed in the darkness of the branches like a light set down in a big room when the nights were chill she would willingly have curled herself up in some blackbird or finch's nest had she not been too big to get into it her dress was made of an old linen bag which she had chanced to find one day by the roadside each springtime she patched up this with green leaves and as she was pretty and sweet-looking with fresh and blooming cheeks you would have taken her for a rose set amid its leaves for food she contented herself with nuts from the woods and berries from the lanes although now and then she managed to indulge in a grand feast of grasshoppers toasted before a fire of dry grass you can see can't you that jocelyn was one of the poorest little girls it is possible to imagine and if her condition was cruel in the summer when there was warmth in the air and fruit upon the trees think what it must have been when the cold breeze whistled about the dry nut trees and chilled her skin through the thin covering of dead leaves one day just as she had returned from picking a mess of berries she saw a fairy dressed in tissue of gold coming out of a flowering thicket jocelyn 
said the fairy, in a sweet and musical voice. Because your heart is as good as your face is charming, I am going to make you a present. You see, this little money box of the color and shape of an opening pink, it is yours. Don't fail to put into it everything that you have or that you ever get that is most precious. And when you break it, it will give back to you 100-fold what it has received. Thereupon, the fairy vanished like a flame blown out by a gust of wind. And Jocelyn, who had indulged in a momentary hope of relief on seeing the fairy, felt sadder than ever. That could not have been a good fairy, she said. For what could be more cruel than to give a money box to a poor girl who has neither a cent nor a stitch to her name? What can I put in it if I have nothing to call my own? At first she was tempted to smash the present among the rocks, but she thought better of this, and then, feeling very sad, she began to cry, her tears falling one by one into the poor little money box, which now looked like a full-blown pink, and which was no bigger. Another day she experienced a pleasure which, after it had passed, left her still more unhappy than ever. Along this road, on which no one had heretofore passed, there happened to come the king's son on his return from a hunt, mounted on a horse, which shook its snow-white mane at each step, with a falcon on his wrist, clad in blue satin, shot with silver, and with a proud and sunny face. The prince looked so beautiful that the poor beggar girl thought he must surely be an angel in the dress of a nobleman. With starry eyes and open mouth, she stretched out her arms towards him, and as she did so, she felt something, which seemed to be her heart going out of her and following him. Alas, he passed by without even having seen her. Alone as before, more so indeed, from having one brief instant ceased to be so, she dropped helplessly into the ditch by which she had stood, closing her eyes tightly so that nothing should replace the charming vision she had just seen. When she opened them, all wet with tears, she saw beside her the poor little money box. Seizing it as the only companion of her misery, she kissed it with fever. But the fairy's present was no more moved by this gentle, sad caress than a stone would be if brushed by a rose. From this day on, Jocelyn experienced such grief that nothing she had hitherto endured could be compared with it. She recalled, as though they had been happy hours, those times when she had only suffered from hunger and cold. To go to sleep in the chilling wind was nothing to this. Now she knew what real sorrow was. She thought of other girls, of the fine ladies at the court. Less pretty than you, said the mirror of the stream. Each hour she could see the handsome prince with his bright face. She pictured him approaching these fine ladies, walking with one, smiling with that. And then, 
as being married to some glorious young princess come from Tresbion in a litter carried by a white elephant with a gilded trunk. She, however, the poor beggar girl of the deserted road, she would continue to live in the same loneliness, in the same misery, far away from him whom she loved so tenderly, and she would never, never, never see him again. Still, there was no anger in her grief, and her bitterest pain was to think that possibly the king's son would not be as tenderly loved by the princes of Tresbion as he was by her. At last, one bitter snowy day, she resolved to end her suffering. She felt that she could no longer endure all her misery and decided to throw herself into the lake which stood in the middle of the forest. So accustomed she was to the icy air that she was sure she would not feel the coldness of the water. Shivering, she started for the lake as fast as she could. It was one of those gray mornings when the air was thick with snowflakes and when the sky is covered by lead-colored clouds amidst all the sad surrounding of the whitening earth, the bare trees, and the mournful-looking hills in the distance. Nothing seemed bright except her golden hair. And one would have said that even on this dull morning, a little glimpse of sunshine rested there. She walked quicker and quicker, but when she reached the edge of the lake, her rags were covered with snow, so that she looked as though adorned in a white robe of a bride. Goodbye, she cried, her last thought being of the prince. Just, however, as she was about to throw herself into the water, the same fairy, clad in a long golden veil, came out from the branches of a thicket. Jocelyn, asked the fairy, what are you going to do? I'm going to drown myself, she replied. And why? Do you wish to die? asked the spirit. You know well enough, wicked fairy, answered the poor girl, that I am unhappy. The most wretched death would be sweeter to me than life. But the fairy only laughed, a pleasant little laugh. Before drowning yourself, she said, you ought to at least to break that money box. Of what use would it be, said Jocelyn, since being so poor as I am, I have had nothing to put in it. Well, break it just the same, said the fairy. Jocelyn hardly dared to disobey, and then, having drawn the useless little present from underneath her rags, she broke it against the stone. Immediately, the wintry forest turned into a magnificent palace of marble with a blue roof studded with gold stars, while the handsome prince appeared from the fragments of the money box, took the beggar girl in his arms, and kissed her right royally. Then, while Jocelyn wept with joy, he asked her if she would be his bride, so that the good little money box did indeed give back a hundredfold, for it changed her sorrowful kiss into the prince's caress, 
and it turned her tears of sadness into those of joy. End of chapter.